Me, I was going to say. Parker, what jobs have you worked? I Like all of them. Yeah, yeah. My first job that I signed a W-2 for was uh, math, being a math tutor at Ever Community College. Ah. Um, otherwise, before that, I worked underneath the table um, doing landscaping. Nice. And like um, various different things. but um, And then after that... My next job, I've worked some like parks and recreation job jobs at a place called um, Jetty Island, which that was awesome. Getting paid to sit on a beach and drive a boat in an ATV is the, the best money I've ever made, guys. <laughs> like it was awesome. Uh, and then retail, a um, couple different places, and then delivery driver, Amazon and UPS, and then my current gig. Nice. Which I'm in a. My current title is uh, business development account representative. Nice. So nice. In the environmental industry. Nice. So it's like testing equipment and stuff. Yeah. Uh, best way I've come to figure out how to say it is we work with uh, environmental sampling and industrial hygiene rental equipment. Mm. So did you ever work? This is random. Did you ever work at Coles? I did. Ah. I remember that. Is it up in Bellingham? Yes. Nice. Yep. Bellis Fair Mall. Um, how'd you like working at Kohl's? I hated it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was Black Friday sucked. I, I started that. at 4 p.m. on Thanksgiving. Okay. So I didn't get to have yeah. Thanksgiving dinner. And then I worked till 5 a.m. the next morning. Yep. And then had like eight hours off and then was back again for another 11 hour shift. Oh, it was yeah. long enough shift. I got, I was legally required to take two lunches. Okay. So, so that feels like a vacation, but you're dude, still mad you're there. And like you're in the mall. So like the lights are on the whole time and you just lose, lose the sense of space and time. Yep. And like, uh, but no, what really was irritating was they decided to keep me out. I started off a seasonal and then I went, uh, they kept me after seasonal, uh, but they were only giving me like four hours a week. Uh, and so, it, yeah, it was, and I asked for more hours and they basically just didn't give me hours. And so that's, and then I found my other job, which was great. Nice. I like helped open the store. Um, was like one of the first employees there, which was really cool. And I had a really cool boss. Nice. So yeah. I feel like Kohl's is the store that when you're like in middle school, like, at least for me, I frequented all the time. Like, my yeah. mom would just take me to Kohl's for things. Because Kohl's cash. Right. Like, it's such a smart system. Like, they just know they're going to lose money on it, but somehow it works out. Right. But then, uh, also the Kohl's sales section, they have a true, like, 70% off area where I'm like, I could go get a $5 t-shirt right now. It's by, like, a decent company. I guess I shouldn't say decent. The quality will last. I don't know if they're decent people. Um, <laughs> but... Then, like, Kohl's, like, when you get into, like, college, I feel like you forget about them. You're just, like, Kohl's. Sure. Why would I go there? I feel like you just for Well, I mean, I I hate in-person shopping, so I, yeah. I just shop online. Maybe. I prefer shopping in-person for my clothes and stuff. But then Kohl's comes back around, where now I'm like, you know, Kohl's? I need a pair of, like, cargo shorts. I need something random. I'm going to go to Kohl's. You need a Yankee candle. Yeah, exactly. I like I like getting jewelry for Sierra at Kohl's sometimes. Not a bad spot. Yeah, yeah, it's not a bad spot for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I hated having to sell the, the Kohl's credit card. Oh, dude. That any, was my least favorite thing about retail. Any job where you have to sell a credit card, like, Stupid. I get it. I had my buddy one time. I remember, uh, man, how old were we? I feel like we were just out of high school. Maybe we're still in high school. Basically, we go in. He's trying to buy. We had to be out of high school. It had to be like first year of college or something. Or maybe it was first year of college for him and I was in high school still. We're going. We're shopping. He's buying a gift for somebody. And the person then looks. And it was at Kohl's. And they're like, oh, you could save money if you know you just sign up for our, our Kohl's card. Yeah. But the way they said it sounded like a rewards program. Yeah. Yep. And so they're talking about it. He's like, I could save this much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's getting to the process where like they're about to look. And I just looked over the counter. I was like. It just really is this like a credit card? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my buddy's like, oh, I'm good. <laughs> like, because he didn't realize it. Yeah. It was just crazy. No, uh, yeah. I'm trying to loyalty think. program. Loyalty programs. Yeah, I think for me when I was in 
where are my jobs? I've worked not a lot because I've gotten to luckily have like some consistency. But I mean, I start, I, I first job was working for my dad's construction company, which I actually still work that job to this day on a part-time basis. Shout out to Smith Brothers Construction. Uh, like them on Facebook and check out the website. Some milk. Yeah, that's also the name of a milk <laughs> delivery company, but that is not what our company is. Uh, no, I worked for my dad's construction company. I worked – oh, my first outside the family business job was a famous fo- – oh, no, it wasn't. It was my great aunt's homeschool shop is the best way to describe it. She would sell stuff that teachers would use in like their like office. curriculum? Yeah, it was like a curriculum and like resource store. Okay. And she ran a small like tutoring slash private school out of the back of it. That was, it was legit. It was like a good spot. But then she also sold curriculum and like classroom equipment and a bunch of stuff like that. Um, and I worked there over a summer on like a very part-time basis. I had to do a timesheet though and everything. Uh-huh. Um, so I worked there, but then my first like actual like felt like real world job was working at Famous Footwear right after I turned 16 uh, at the Outlet Mall. And that was, honestly, it was a good time. I made some good friends for that season of life then and enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun stories from there. But I worked there, went back to working for my dad, went off to college. I worked for a nanny share. I got hired by the cafeteria at my university, then didn't take the job. And just didn't work. Then went and, yeah, worked for the nanny share place where we did like a daycare basically. Went and worked for the school library. I really loved that job. I worked that job for like two years and I loved it. It was great. Then I worked at Starbucks for a summer uh, and that was terrible. The end of that job was really unfortunate. I got food poisoning and couldn't show up for my last day of work. And a lot of people got mad at me and I literally was like, I'm throwing up. Like I'm not going to make food for people right now. They just thought I was being lazy. Um, So I worked there and then obviously I've worked at the church now for the last six years and work for uh, my dad's company also a little bit. And so a lot of jobs, I actually do enjoy sales jobs, which sounds like the most like, yeah, pastors are also used car salesmen type of a thing. Um, but from a genuine standpoint, I actually like getting people things they like. Um, yeah. It's like I always like that even at Famous Footwear. It might seem really dumb, but like somebody walks in and they're like, I need this kind of a shoe and being able to actually say like, oh, well, hey, this might be the right one for you. That yeah, kind of a thing. The, the process of figuring, helping them figure out what will work best for them. Yeah. Yeah. And so with that being said, Parker, this little conversation about what we've done for work and all of that is not for nothing. No, sir. Because today we're going to actually be talking a little bit about jobs and that sort of a thing. But really quick, we just want to formally say hello, everybody. And welcome to Conviction, where we feel a conviction to discuss questions and topics surrounding church, culture, ministry, and just general life as a Jesus follower. Uh, my name is Caleb. And my name's Parker, guys. And today, we're actually going to be talking about jobs and work and vocation by actually asking the question, does God care about your vocation? Does God care about your vocation? Does he care about your job? Does he care about the work that you are doing? Uh, For Parker and I, we have obviously not lived long, long, long lives at this point. Nope. But we have worked a number of different jobs, and uh, we just want to talk about, does God care about your vocation and that sort of a thing? This is obviously a question that I think either people don't wrestle with at all, or maybe a lot of people wrestle with as they consider what they're going to do and how it integrates with faith and all of that stuff. But Parker, you were the one that actually came up with this topic for today. And so do you have any just preliminary thoughts you've been thinking about, anything like that to kind of kick us off? Yeah, I think, and what kind of, it's something that I've in the past, you know, um, uh, really labored over before and struggled with. Um, Just because if you, um, you know, if you're a Jesus follower, you want to do what God wants you to do and you want to be obedient. And so in this conversation for me kind of uh, blends into the calling conversation very much so of like, Oh, what is it that God has called me to do for my life? And, um, you know, what, what, what's God's ultimate purpose for me in my life? Um, and is that involved in my job? Cause you know, the, the, the fact is that like, how does the percentage work 
work out like if let's say you work an eight hour shift and yeah 24 hours in a day what percentage is that that's a third is that right yeah that's a third right yeah, yeah yeah a third that's a third of your time yep so and another third of that would be sleeping approximately or it should be and so that like and the other third is like you'd think would have some somewhere in there would be obviously like family and everything mm-hmm. like that and and everything else um so, you know, you have to ask the question, okay, like, okay, God, what are you calling me to in, in my life? And then B, where does that fit in the normal schedule of like, because everybody's got to work, you got to do yeah. something, generally speaking, um, not to say that there aren't exceptions to that where, you know, uh, you know, God could call you off to something crazy that, mm-hmm. that, that, um, uh, traditional view or traditional model it doesn't necessarily apply but still most of us we're going to end up getting jobs and we're going to be um working to provide and you know living life you know so you have to ask the question where does that calling fit into and you know i think a lot of people including myself have wondered like god is it is is that piece part do you want my job to be a part of that yeah and um you know, it, it's just, yeah, like I said, it's just something I've struggled with before um, because sometimes it feels like, oh, if I'm just doing what I want, is that me being selfish, mm. you know, or is God just being like, you know, you should figure out what you want to do and just choose. Mm-hmm. And then like you can, your calling doesn't necessarily need to be your job. It can be outside of that, but I don't know. What are yeah. your preliminary thoughts? Yeah. You know, I think that's a really good way to look at it and even just to frame it. When we talk about vocation and it ends up tying into calling, uh, especially within the church world, obviously, like, I mean, primarily within the church world, we would use that language. It's easy, I think, for pastors and ministers to intertwine the, I guess, intricacy of feeling called to ministry to all vocational life. You know, so like, I do think that when we read in books like James, right, where it says those who choose to teach are judged more strictly, things like that. One, there is an amount of choice in that. You know, it says those who choose choose to do it. You're choosing to teach. You're choosing to participate within this. But also there's a reality that there's an amount of calling to that. You know, you look at, Paul, when he's writing to uh, Timothy and he's saying to Timothy, um, this is the Caleb paraphrase version, but basically do not forget basically what was prayed over you, you know, what was spoken over your life, the ministry you were called to do and that you've been equipped for it. So there is a reality that that form of work carries a weight. Now, when one role carries a certain amount of weight, it is easy to then look and say, every other one must carry the same weight. Now, that is not to mean that other jobs don't matter. And it's not to mean that people may not feel like, man, I was made to do this, right? Like, you know, there's there's people you just encounter where you look at them doing their job and you're just like, you are amazing at this. Like, this is what you were like made to do. Like your skill set is so well done for this, right? Um, you know, even for, again, like even for like my dad and uncle, that sort of a thing, like they're, they're builders, they're contractors, you know, they, they build homes, they help make people's visions become reality, all that stuff. And you might say, well, that's a lot of, uh, extra language for somebody that's just kind of doing a labor job, but that's, that's the heart of it. They really want to help people's dreams become reality to see what they're wanting to have happen in their homes and spaces and all of that. And that's a, in and of its own way, a sacred space to be invited into as somebody's life. Right. And so for them, their vocation and what they're doing, uh, God has gifted them for. Now, if let's say my dad or uncle, like let's say both of them said, hey, we're going to do something different now. I don't think that that is the same weight as let's say, uh, you know, let's say Pastor Danny, our worship pastor at the church. You know, for him... If he's looking and saying, Lord, are you are you calling me to step out of maybe a ministerial position? Are you calling me to do this? There's a different weight to that. And that's not bad. And it's not to say one can't do that. 
It's just to say there's a different weight upon those roles and maybe even on those responsibilities. And so all that being said, I think preliminarily God cares about our vocation because he wants us to honor him in it. I think oftentimes we care a lot more about our vocation though than God does. Mm -hmm. Like I think of verses where it ends up looking, and again, if I was a better pastor, I would remember all the addresses right now, but I don't. Um, But you know, the idea of do all things under the Lord, you know, to represent Christ in all we do, that sort of a thing. That always is the truth. So if your job does not allow you to do those things, mm-hmm. probably don't do that. Like, hey, probably don't be like, I'm going to set out to be like a drug dealer. <laughs> hey, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to set out to do insert whatever illegal thing yeah, you yeah, could. Yeah. yeah. And man, I'm really good at it. So I should, I was made for this. Right. Like that is where the line is now skewed, right? Sure. You know, even let's say, you know, uh, car salesman. Let's even use that as the example, right? Well, you can be a great car salesman and help people and bless them and do a good job at your job and all those things. Or you could say, I'm a really good car salesman and I'm making a lot of money off of this right now because I'm doing... There's difference in that heart, right? So you want to represent Christ well in it. You want to honor God in it. I think the tension again, though, that rises up in these discussions and conversations comes from a misunderstanding at times when it comes to the weight of vocational ministry versus vocation. Oh, little pastoral thing. The difference between vocational ministry and the difference of vocation and ministry, if that makes sense. Yeah. So so, so you're saying like, you feel like sometimes when pastors who are coming from a standpoint of being in ministry is their vocation. They went, when they're talking about it, they necessarily don't always have the same perspective in terms of like to them, like it should be that your vocation and calling is the same just cause that's how their life is. Yes. Yeah. I think that can be super common. Like I've told, um, I maybe have mentioned this to you before, but like there's, and this wouldn't be for everybody, but honestly for a lot of people, the biggest tension for me with being in ministry was realizing like, If I was to choose to step out of ministry and change jobs, let's say. Sure. That is a decision that is, that by nature of it affects more than me and is a much bigger decision than, let's say, you know, just honestly, like if like you were to say had a new job opportunity from another company. Yeah. And I'm going to switch jobs. I can uh, I can go over here. It's a great company. It'll be great, great benefits. I'm able to make some more, all those things. That's a very different experience. Yeah. You know, or even if it's totally different career path, somebody walks up to you one day and they say, have a great opportunity. Would you want to do this? Um, now there are pastors, and I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to make this a conversation just about ministerial jobs, but there are pastors who do look sometimes at uh, ministry and say it's career oriented. You know, I will go to the next church, the next place, the next position based upon how it helps me advance. And I, again, just personally as a pastor really struggle with that model. I think that's not the heart of the church. I think that obviously if God's calling you elsewhere, if he's saying, hey, this time of ministry is done, you know, we look at the example of the apostle Paul. He was in a very different role than any other minister really ever will be, but he went place to place as the Lord released him and called him to new locations. And he went and started more and more churches, all that. So there's a reality that can happen. But if you're doing it purely based upon, I'm here to minister for God and you're lucky I'm here to minister to you. And now it's off to the next place because I was offered more money, which now is better for me. And I'm still, I'm still preaching. I'm still teaching. I'm still helping build community. But like, were you called to that community? Were you called to that job? Um, you know, I've had some like friends ask me about my like views for ministry and stuff like that. And I'm just like, it's not that hard. It's just community and know the people around you. You can read books by people who have ministered in other communities, like, and that can be helpful, but like, you could also get to know yours and like help serve those people well. And so all that being said, I think that's where you end up having 
at times, even let's say not pastors saying it, but subconsciously the message that comes across to a person is like, you were called to be a businessman. Right. What do you mean you're going to go do this? And that might not even be that pastors ever said that, but in their head, that's what they're hearing. Right. Like this was what I was made to do though. This is what I was called to do. Right. There is a difference in the weight between, again, ministerial calling and I perform my vocation and I make sure to minister unto the Lord within it and that kind of a thing. Yeah. And, and not just for yourself. Yeah. Cause like, like in the rest of the, you know, workforce, generally speaking, like it's there, like, and I say this like with no shame, like it's complete, like everybody's out there to do what's best for themselves. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, like, and that, and I know that kind of sounds terrible, but like, as long as you're courteous and you give a two weeks notice or more, whatever vocation you're in, like, like everybody understands needing to do just what's best for yourself. So if I were to come get a better job offer and I, like, I wouldn't feel any shame doing that, quitting my job because that's what's best for me. You know what I mean? And it's, you know, it's capitalism, Yeah. but like in a pastoral you know, standpoint, that's a completely different conversation. Could you imagine? Actually, I do know people that handle it this way, but like imagine for churches, if just pastors operate under two week notice, that's crazy. Here's my two and weeks. I, and there's out. other vocations that they won't, I mean, they give way more than that. Totally. You know I mean? Totally. But, but like, it's because it yeah. demands it. And that's the same yeah. thing I think for ministerial. Like you look at, let's say senior pastors of, of, you know, long-standing churches. We use that. Whether it's a big church or a small church, just long-standing, they've been there a long time. You might be talking about like year and a half notice. Yeah, right. Like so that you can handle like transition well and that sort of a thing. Um, it does not usually go well when somebody's just like, I'm done. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's very like, even it can feel rushed if somebody says like, I'm out in six weeks. And again, because it's so kind of community driven, right? It's so culturally, not culturally, like, biblically understood to be a community and family-based kind of environment. And so, yeah, man, I think when it comes to vocations, like right now, if you're somebody listening to this and you're like, does God care about my vocation? Yes. And for certain people, it might be that he has called you to a particular field and job and that sort of a thing, but it's okay if you don't. Like, it's okay if you don't feel like God has said like, Hey, you're called to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. It's also okay if when you were younger, you chose to pursue after being a nurse because you wanted to help people. And then one day you wake up and say, this is what I want to do anymore. And you go to God and you say, God, can you lead me to the next thing? And you just follow the steps he leads. Like that's where you and I have talked about this before. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. Like I'm a pretty no nonsense person. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just like, like faith, faith is supernatural but let's make it simple. If it matters, it matters. If it matters, it matters. And just take the littlest step forward you can. Yeah. Just the littlest step forward. Like it, if the, if honoring God in your vocation matters, take a small step forward. Like you're like, man, I'm the biggest jerk at my job or something like that. Like, cool. Just compliment somebody. Take a little step forward. Do what you can. Yeah. Hey, I think I'm supposed to have a career change. Awesome. What's your little step forward? It might be praying every morning as you drive into work. God, give me the strength to honor you today. Help me to see though what may be new for tomorrow. Like that kind of a thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Vocation though definitely matters, man. Like what, I don't know. What are some things that can be helpful in those seasons of like trying to find a job to do, right? Like we look at Paul, if we want to use a biblical example again, right? Like Peter and the disciples, they were fishermen. Paul was a tent maker. He made tents because he probably just wanted to have a new one to sleep in occasionally, but he made tents. He sold them. He was able to have income from that. Uh, again, I'm not trying to talk about ministry. It's just the net I'm in. Like there's so many pastors that are like bivocational, like seems like a lesser than thing to do. And I'm just like, that's cool, man. I think it's great. Like Paul says like, Hey, we do this so that others won't have to. So it's, it's totally a blessing to have your community support. You. I'm not trying to say that, but just like, there's also a blessing that you can see in like, being a part of that vocational world still in some ways. Yeah. Um, well, the, I mean, it's like 95% of the flock. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I think 
in answer to that question of like, I, I don't know. I guess it just depends where you are. Like if you're, if you're somebody who's, you know, let's say what fresh out of college or high school kind of, and I'm only giving this example cause it's one that I can, uh, you know, it's a place that I can resonate with. Um, you know, being in, in the very recent future or very recent past. Um, you know, if you're somebody that's like, you're just working odd jobs, yeah, kind of dead end jobs that aren't necessarily going anywhere and you don't really have a path necessarily ahead of you. Um, you're not in school at the moment, you know, and you're trying to figure out, okay, what's my long-term plan. You're also, you're, you're probably kind of fig- trying to figure out a, you're calling and B, which I have a, question about that in a second remind me if i forget yeah about calling um but uh or you're just like okay what's my long-term career plan yeah look like and how can i you know do better for myself uh i'm, I'm forgetting the dude's name um uh the so dave ramsey he has his radio show obviously but uh he has a network of shows mm. that are all tied to him and there's a bunch of individual um authors and oh, yeah, characters yeah. um i'm forgetting the dude's name but there's one that there's one guy on his network that's entirely focused around um job hunting mm. and career path planning and um uh figuring out what it is that god has made you to do best um and kind of going back to like like would i say that god cares about your vocation I think so, but like, I I don't necessarily think that that means that every single job is going to have, you know, you're going to feel this holy calling to go to Mm -hmm. at the same time. I think when you're going step by step, looking through jobs and, you know, taking each step in your career path, you should have God in mind Yeah, and you should be prayerfully thinking about it. But, you know, that doesn't look like laboring over it at the Mm -hmm. same time you know it's not like you like you don't need it spelled out for you over the brick and mortar building like in the clouds take this job like yeah you don't need that but like be be like god put the right opportunity in front of me totally and shut the doors that you don't want me go down you know yeah well i think that's even too like Dude, it just depends on the, again, depends on the season, all that stuff. But I also think there is a, not to sound like a whatever person who just says like work hard or that kind of a thing, but there is something about the virtue of just being like, I'm just going to work hard and see what can happen. Yeah. And God, I am going to do the best I can to honor you and not even say, God, I'm going to do everything I can to honor you. And God, I'm going to do just everything that I possibly can. Yeah. within that. Like that was something for me. Um, I mean, just being like honest when it comes to my relationship with work, I'm a bit of a workaholic at times and all that stuff. And like, I finally was able to figure out my schedule cause I hadn't had for a few different, for an extended period of time, I haven't had like a day off in my week. And I finally was able to figure it out where I could have a full day off, not having to work either of my jobs. And I'm able just to sit back and just like actually rest and Sabbath and honor that. Now, I think some people are weird about the Sabbath at times. Like I think like a, a lot of people live for the Sabbath in some ways, just in new ways, rather than like letting the Sabbath be there to service them. Um, but honestly, like I had a time I was like praying and not to hyper spiritualize, but I was praying, I was asking God about some stuff and I was like, Lord, like, can you just move in these areas? And just in like a really small way, I just felt the Lord kind of lay an impression upon my heart saying like, Caleb, I'm with you, but like fight for the things I've shown you, you could fight for. And I felt like one of those things was taking a Sabbath and having a day to rest. So with this, don't hear me saying work so hard that you work yourself to death or something like that. But I think there's something about like, especially like, Hey, you're fresh out of college, you're in college, you're trying to figure stuff out. Like I it's like it's okay to go get two jobs. It's okay to go do whatever you can to like yeah. say, "Hey, I'm going to I'm going to go get this job that I have maybe potential growth to move up within like a company or that sort of a thing." And if you have the bandwidth, "Hey, maybe you pick up a job doing 20 hours a week as a stalker in the evenings also at another place 
And like you're doing something where you're saying, I'm just going to do my best to try to steward the time and energy I got, right? All that. Yeah. Again, though, saying, why are you doing it? So like, are, are you tithing? Are you taking time to set aside to be able to serve still? Are you making it so that your work is working for the benefit of yourself and your faith in God? Mm-hmm. And if you could check those boxes off and you're taking steps forward, I think you'll be good. Yeah. Now, the flip side again, if like, let's say you're somebody who felt like the Lord very clearly though said, go do this. And you're doing that to avoid doing it. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Um, you were going to ask a question about calling. Yeah, I'll get that to, to that in two seconds. Okay. I, would, I would also say that like um, excluding the circumstance where you have a very clear calling that God has put on your life. Um, I also think like I think you have two responsibilities or not just two, but like one, I do think regardless of where, what you end up doing, I do think God calls us to be good stewards. Oh yeah. And good stewards of our resources, A, and good stewards of the gifts that he's given us. And especially if you're a young person, you probably don't even, like, I still, like, I won't know what my, you know, what God made me to do best for a while now. Yeah. Like, the 20s and 30s, really. I mean, I don't know about 30s because I'm not there yet, but like it's the time to figure all that out yeah. and that takes time to figure out. So, you know, not rushing yourself to be like, okay, I need to have, have arrived now. Um, I think is important. And also just like you said before, um, representing Christ mm-hmm. well. And so I think that means having good work ethic. I think yeah. that means showing up on time. Like me personally, I think that like, you know, being a reliable worker that like that, that in and of itself puts you above most workers, honestly, oh, totally. especially at our age. Totally. Um, like that's a big deal. The calling thing. I think another thing, um, one thing I've, I wonder and wanted to ask you is I think part of the source of some of this tension is that people feel like that God has a singular purpose for their mm. life. Do you think a, is there like, obviously somebody's purpose could be maybe summed up in a sentence or two. Let's say it could be generic, mm-hmm. whatever. But do you think a God has created us with a singular purpose in life or calling and B do you think, or the other you know, I think God obviously calls us to do certain things in certain seasons, obviously. But do you think it there is that singular calling over an entire life? Or is it more of a, God, what are you calling me to do now? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, okay, so I'll like say it's like multifaceted. So kind of like on a journey of it. When you look at scripture, right? There's only like one Moses. There's only like one Joshua. There's only like one King David. So you have these people who are very unique and called to these big moments, big themes. Uh, you also have people like uh, like Phineas who goes and stabs a spear. If you're new to the Bible, sorry, this is like an out of nowhere story. But uh, in an effort to help cleanse the sin that was like encroaching so heavily into the Israelites, like goes and has a spear and he ends up like taking the life of this one guy, but it was like out of a moment of like, this guy's bringing all this sin. And if you're confused about the Bible, don't worry about it. Read the story. Uh, I think it's in numbers. Um, But this guy, Phineas has a quick moment. He's a Levite. He's a priest, basically like a pastor, right? Whatever it may be. Uh, Only shows up for one really crazy story. You got like a Caleb of the Bible, right? Shows up in a moment for a story has things where he honors the Lord still. God's faithfulness is still upon his life. You see all this stuff happen. Uh, you have Mary and Martha. You know, they show up in a couple of these moments. They're constantly wanting to honor God. And the Lord encounters them in big ways, but their lives are not necessarily spectacular or anything like that. But then you have like a Paul. It's like, whoa, God calls him to this really big thing. Uh, Peter, whoa, God calls him to this really big thing. But you also have like, Bartholomew, who we don't really hear about very much and that sort of a thing. So all this to be said, all of those people 
and, and this is a little bit me verbally processing too. All of those people are used by God. All of those people have it where God is encountering them in awesome and mighty ways. Not all of those people were called to such specific things. Like if Joshua doesn't step into the calling that's upon his life, God obviously will still have others that he can call, he can use, that sort of a thing. But he had to do his job. He had to lead the people of Israel into the land. Like, and if he did not do that, it was a massive, massive deal. Uh, If you end up having, you know, if you end up having the woman who comes in to the room when Jesus is sitting down and she ends up pouring the perfume and washing his feet. That's an amazing moment. She's honored in the scripture by what she does. If that moment does not happen, it's not as big of a deal. It's a beautiful portion of scripture that we would not want to have go away. But again, just like the levels of intensity of things people were called to step into, right? And so it's a very long answer to say, I think there are People who God has given very specific things they are called to that may take an entire lifetime of work to fulfill. Mm-hmm. I think we see that in scripture. I think there are also people who are called to singular moments where it's like, you need to step up in this moment. Like even you have, uh, I, I'm Ananias, I guess how you say his name in the book of Acts. And he goes and he prays for Paul, the scales fall. We don't hear about him really again. But he had to rise up for a specific moment. Does the rest of his life matter? A thousand percent. A thousand percent it matters. But that moment he had to be faithful. Mm-hmm. And that moment was like, if you look at the course of his life, what was the greatest thing? Not maybe the greatest, but what was one of the most impactful things he was called to do? Step up for a moment, right? Right. So all that to be said, all of us have mo- things that God's calling us to. Some of us, God's calling might take a lot longer to work out. And some of us, our calling might be in singular moments where God uses us. And it's like, whoa, that was incredible. All of us have relationship with them. All of us have immense value. All of us have a ton of worth in his eyes. All of us, though, play different roles within right. the kingdom of God. Now, yeah. one thing that people who feel called and not even just feel, but who are called to vocational ministry, that type of a thing, sometimes walk around with like a big head of air of like, look how important I am, right? And that's wrong. That's not the way that it's supposed to be. Now, it's also not this unbearable weight that like, oh my gosh, all of you, can't you just like sympathize with me? My life is so hard or something like that. But it is something to acknowledge as different in a way. Um, In the same way though, that somebody might feel called, uh, somebody might feel called to social work of some sort, so that they're helping take care of like kids and families and things like that who are struggling and hurting and all those things. They might be called in the same way where it's like, this is something you just we were made for. There's people who are teachers who talk about that, right? They're like, I just was called to teach. And they right. teach for so long, not just to get a retirement, but just because they love the kids and they love the families. And they love being able to invest into generations, all that. So all that being said, I think that we are all called to something. At the end of the day, we are all called to love God to love our neighbors and to pursue after God then within that. Right. If you are not doing those things, then you are living outside of God's call on your life. Mm-hmm. Cause that is the call he has for all of us, right? Like Jesus, if you want to look at call narrative uh, in the Bible, Jesus calls the disciple. What's the call? It is follow me. Simple. Just follow me. And so those steps for us to follow him for some of us involves our job. For some of us, it involves breaking generational things within our family where maybe we had parents who just were, you know, sadly dealt with addiction or dealt with struggle within marriage, or you end up having just all these different things that God might be calling you to do. will step into those things. It might just be that your job doesn't matter as much in that terms of it, but your work still matters. Actually, a crazy thing to think about is God does call us to work still at the end of the day. Yeah. Like when he designed you, us to work. Yes. You look at Adam. This is the, when you look at creation. Now, what's the first thing God in some ways? Okay. People will get persnickety with me about this. We're talking about vocation. We're talking about work. 
I'm going to put it into this realm of thought. And if you disagree with me, that's fine. You can call, leave a rating and a review with your disagreement. <laughs> um, all press is good press. Uh, no, just like God, what's he create first? Well, he creates light, but what's he doing within that light? He is creating. What is creating? Creating is work. Mm-hmm. He is doing a job. He is doing a function. He is stepping into this moment. And then what does God create on the last day at the very end of all the work? Rest. Rest was created as a gift. Like what does God do when he sees Adam in the garden and he looks and he's like, I need to have something for them to do. I give him work. So people look at the Sabbath and because in our culture, we struggle with Sabbathing and resting, we end up saying, well, you weren't just made to work everybody. Well, actually you were made to work. But God knows that you were made to do that so, so well that he created the Sabbath for what? For your sake, to serve you, not for you to serve the Sabbath. You are not indebted to the Sabbath, but the Sabbath is there as a blessing. In some ways, I just, I know some people have work environments where this analogy might be like, I don't like my bosses and I don't actually have a good setup. So for the sake of uh, trying to have a good example Your benefits at your job, if you have benefits and have that opportunity, like a vacation day, that is a blessing that you should utilize and your work system should allow you to utilize in the same way as that is a blessing for you to be rested, to do better at your job. It is so you can get back to your job. It's not work so you can go vacation. It's vacation so you can actually do better at your work. Mm-hmm. Have a day off so you can actually function well within your work and you can be a blessing to society and create and bless your fellow man and all of those things. And so this is a super long answer to your question <laughs> on calling. We are all called to love the Lord. We are all called to work of some form within our ability and all of that stuff. And yes, there are some people who might not be able to step into typical vocational work in general. There is still something God has asked you to do whether it's being a stay-at-home mother for your family, whether it is being a caretaker for a loved one, whether it is uh, just being able to be a person that's an encourager for people that aren't able to work and that sort of a thing. But when we are able to, and we're able to step into those things, yes, there is a calling to work and create in that way and that sort of a thing. And so find purpose within that. Sure, Taco Bell and Famous Footwear and Nike and Kohl's and working at Jetty Island and all of these spots – Maybe they don't always feel like God given or that sort of a thing, but you can bring the hands and feet of Christ into that environment through yourself and that sort of a deal. Um, Now the question though is, or I guess maybe the challenge is, if God has called you to a certain thing, which I think for people when they feel like God has done that, it's pretty definitive. It's not really like an up in the air thing. Sure. Then don't run from that but also know that he might release you from that mm-hmm. and that's okay. But also this is my last thing I'll actually throw out there. Uh, there are also people where it's like, Hey, if you might feel, you might not feel called to be a pastor, but you can still also, st- you can still work within your church. You can still serve within your church. You still totally. have things you can do within that, that honor the Lord. This isn't like an exclusive club. Right. But I even, I mentioned this actually at winter camp to one person uh, a couple weeks ago, I, unless the Lord very, very clearly, I, I do not like to speak ministry over people's lives, like being pastors because of the weight of that. And because of the fact that when somebody looks at you and they say, you know what, young man, you know what, young lady, you are called to the ministry, like something like that. That's just an intense moment. And that's a lot of weight and that's a big thing to wrestle with. I'm honestly very thankful that for me, when I felt called to ministry, it was not from the voice of a person, but like it was through a moment where I felt the Lord just kind of like placed upon my heart, that sort of a thing, because it made it a lot more personal, right? But there are people where it's like, man, I need to speak this over you. I've tried, I like for me, I actually try to like be like, I tried to forget about it. I tried not to think to speak it, but it's so important. I'm going to speak this over you right now. Go to God with it. Wrestle with him about this. See what he has to say about it, but don't run from it. Right. Let it be a healthy pondering and that sort of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think ultimately, I think even if you're, if you're somebody who doesn't have a clear call in your life, 
I still think we should seek to have our ears and hearts open. Exactly. More than anything. And have that be the case as a discipline. And I think being in the practice of having, you know, saying, God, please help keep my heart open, keep my ears open to hear if you have something you need me to do. That being said, do you think, because this is the other thing, because there's there's whole books, like really well-selling books that are centered around finding out what God's call is on your life. Yeah. For your whole life. Yeah. Is it worth the level of like laboring over that a lot of people, you know what I mean? That's kind of the question that I'm getting to is that like, like, is it worth if you're somebody that God, like, like what you said, like you feel like you feel like if somebody has been called to something, it's like, it's pretty clear. It's not really something that you can miss. If anything, you're avoiding it. Yeah. If anything. And so, like, is it worth for people who haven't gotten a clear, quote-unquote, calling yeah. for on their lives? Is it worth laboring over? Yeah, you know, I think... You know what I mean? I think if, I, I think if you're not worried about it, you should worry about it. And if you're worried about it, you should probably stress a little less. Yeah. It's a really, that's a really dumb answer. Such but, a pastor answer. But I think that sometimes is what it is. Like, if you're somebody who's like, I am so worried about being in the call of God on my life. Just keep taking the little step forward. Right. And I bet you, you're going to stumble into it by accident even. Right. And if you're like, I am just, I just honestly, am such a firm believer of if you say the small prayer, like uh, John Bevere talks about it as like breathing prayers, just these little things that we say time in and time out. Right. Like being able just to pray and say, God, help me find where I'm supposed to be. God, help me find where I'm supposed to be. God, help me find where I'm supposed to be. He will answer. And it might be through a job opportunity. It might be that you one night are sitting there and you end up looking at job postings. You're like, that job really, that, that kind of jumps out to me right now. Or it just might be that you're doing what you're doing. You're like, I guess I'm going to stay right here. Like that is the thing to me that makes the most sense is just find what he has, step into that. Now, if you're not concerned at all, you're like, I'm good, man. Like, I, I'm I'm sweet with my like my job that has no advancement opportunity. I'm sweet with my job. I'm so content within it. I'm so content within all of these things. Like, you know, not this is not to be a knock on this as a job. Like, let's say very base entry level at like a grocery store. You're like, I just I'm just rocking with this part-time entry level at my grocery store locally. Don't care. You might need to care a little more. You might need to get one of those books. You might need to read some of these things. And for some people, I think those resources are good. It helps them realize some things about themselves that maybe they didn't realize. Maybe they end up seeing, oh, I do have a skill set that could translate to a beneficial career, that kind of a deal. But also for some people, it's just like circling around maybe the tension that you've had in your life where you're just like, I really know I'm supposed to do this, but I want to have somebody tell me that I'm really better equipped to do something else so I can go do that. And so that's where that tension lies, I think, a little bit for me. But yeah, man, like, dude, if I could just do anything, I'd just be a union contractor. Like, that's just where I'm at. Like, I'm like, if I could go be a union contractor or honestly, if I could just like step in more and more with my dad's business or something, I'd be like, yeah, let's do that. But like the Lord's just placed this on my heart and I'm like, all right, Lord, I'm more afraid of not walking in what I clearly know you've said than to go pursue after what honestly like, and I know that there's people that would say, yeah, there's a lot of stuff within ministry I may be gifted within. Um, and I don't say this is like a toot my own horn thing. Like there's a lot of people, if they saw me doing contractor work, who'd say, you're super gifted at this. Like you do a good job at this. Well, it's like, it doesn't matter what I'm most gifted. It's not even like, I have so much joy in building. Dude, I love building. Like I have it end of a day when we've done a good project. I'm like, this was a great day. I loved this. I felt so productive, lean into it. In my heart of hearts, that might be what I'm actually most gifted at, but it doesn't matter because I'm just taking the steps that God's had. And luckily the Lord's created an avenue for me to still get to participate. Yeah, you're still stewarding those gifts. Yes, but it's finding that balance with it. And that's where all of us have to just like sit back and rest. And that's where also, you know, and this is, uh, maybe this becomes another podcast for another day. There's just different mantles we all step within, mm-hmm. within our families, within our households, right? Sure. Um, you know, for 
you know, Sierra and I, we both work, obviously, like we're trying to figure stuff out, all those things. But at the end of the day for like myself, I very much so look and I say, I do carry the weight of being the primary provider. Like if something hits the fan, we're a team, we're going to work together. We're going to do everything we can to do that. But I know that I need to be making sure that I'm looking ahead for the sake of if something happens, like, can yeah. we still make it, can we still make it happen? Yeah. Like, oh, I got to go pick this. I'll go pick this. We'll make this work out. Right. And we carry that weight together. So it's not to say that like Sierra wouldn't, or she wouldn't be willing to step up or nothing like that, but we carry different roles, you know, like carrying the mantle of being a provider, carrying the mantle of, you know, being a son and daughter caring for your parents, you know, carrying the mantle of all these different things. Again, that's where our lives, it doesn't just boil down to a job. It boils down to, are we honoring God in what we're doing? So does God care about your vocation and your calling? A thousand percent. Yes. He cares if you're being obedient to what he's placed in front of you. Yeah. I agree. Sweet, sweet. Do you think that's a good spot to wrap up? I think so. Cool. Cool. Well, everybody, uh, we hope you guys enjoyed learning about Parker having worked at Kohl's. Yep. We hope you enjoyed learning a little bit about what it looks like to honor God in vocation and just the reality, you know, if you are somebody who's wrestled with this and maybe even you're somebody who's a little bit older, you've been in your vocation for a long time and you just are wondering what God has for you. I just, I just encourage you, we just encourage you, just pray to him. Just say, God, show me what's next. Show me what you want me to step into and just see what the doors might be. See what he might open up and uh, maybe start having some conversations with some people. God cares about your vocation because he cares about you being obedient. He doesn't care about it because it's the only thing you are marked and identified by and that sort of a thing. But with that being said, y'all, thank you for checking out this episode. Thanks for jumping on the podcast, whether you're on Spotify or Apple. Uh, if you guys want to help us out, it'd mean a ton. Leave a rating and a review. Uh, even maybe, let's say you like this episode. Can you could you post about it for us or something? It would help so much. It helps people see the show. Uh, this doesn't get promoted really anywhere else other than just word of mouth and us posting a bit about it. So if you could share it, that would be a huge blessing. And we just appreciate you guys checking it out. DM us on Instagram at the Caleb and Parker podcast. If you got any show ideas and topics, things like that we'd love to engage with what you guys want us to engage with but we're at like 35 plus episodes check out some past ones if you haven't but yeah with that being said my name is caleb my name is parker we'll see you guys next time see ya